It's the Exit 52 podcast for Friday, January 26, 2024. My name is Jake Luke, and I'm joined on my screen by, if not now, then Spen. Spencer Nathaniel Schultz. How are we doing? You are muted, sir. Excited. Just finished watching the tape on that Bills-Chiefs game. Tried to skim through a little bit of the Dolphins. I feel like I know Patrick Mahomes. I know the Chiefs offense. I know them. I know them. I pay attention to them always. They're the star child. They're the oldest son of the NFL. And this game grows closer. And a lot of people, I see the things matriculating like, oh, man, this has been a long week. I'm, I'm still not ready. I'm not ready for this one. It is going to be the biggest game we've ever seen. And I've had the pleasure of doing this podcast together with you in whatever various forms for five years now. And man, like we have the game of all games. We've been talking about this. We've gone through 2019 together. We started out Lamar Jackson. It was supposed to be this way early. It was supposed to be Jackson and Mahomes. They were supposed to look like each other. They were supposed to play in Super Bowls. It was supposed to be Manning and Brady and that kind of deal. AFC conference championship game every year. And we didn't get that. The Chiefs continued to orbit around the sun a little bit and, and fight in the, the solar spots. And the Ravens had their own trials and tribulations. But I'm so excited. It almost moves me to tears that this game is happening, that the Ravens are in this position, and that it's here, man. And I, I, going through the tape, it gives me goosebumps. My my hair starts standing up. Just we made it to the AFC Ch Conference Championship game together. You and I doing this and Exit Fifty Two and everything. So you can't ask for much more as a fan. You know, you can ask for a win. You can ask for a Super Bowl win. But it feels good to, as a fan to be back in this position where we thought they would be, where they have been so many times before in the John Harbaugh era and even prior, and to return. It feels like the return of the king of a team that is supposed to be here, an organization that is supposed to be here. And if not now, when? Yeah, they're uh, they're really pulling all, out all the stops, too. They're summoning all the riders of Gondor, with, you know, with Ray Lewis and Ed Reed and DJ Diesel. And uh, who's performing at halftime? T-Pain. Not T-Swift. T-Pain. They got the better T. Yeah. They are having Anquan Bolden. They're having Matt Stover, Jonathan Ogden, Michael Phelps. Whoever they can find, they're they're bringing, they're pulling in. It's it's the Marvel Avengers, all the superheroes converging that mean something to Baltimore will be at this game. Yeah, and there's been a lot of joking on Twitter about how like pretty much the entire country is going to be behind the Ravens in this, in this one because they're kind of sick of the Chiefs a little bit. They're sick of the Taylor Swift stuff uh, to a certain extent, um, which you know I can I can go back and forth on on all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, as of this week, it, it is very much, I'm ready to, uh, ready to see it come to an end. But overall, man, I think I said this yesterday, I kind of just feel like weirdly at peace with it. And maybe this is just my denial at work and we're going to come around on Sunday and I'm just going to be a ball of nervous energy and a, a complete nervous wreck. I'm sure I will be at, at certain points throughout this one, but overall, just what, what have we been talking about for many years now? It's got to get back to the conference championship, got to get back up there. And then, you know, once you get in that, it's kind of just a coin flip a couple of different times to see who can come out as the Super Bowl champion. Every team that is here, all four of them are pretty much always the four best teams in the league. And it's just kind of a fight to the death from there to see who's going to come out on top. So I would love nothing more than the Ravens to win this game 
and then win the next game after that if they were lucky enough to get there. But as of right now, I think they've proven to us what they need to prove to us. I think they did in the offseason what they needed to do to get themselves back on the right track, to modernize the operation, to, uh, you know, reset in a, an operation that had grown, grown a little bit stale. And I'm happy to see the results uh, playing out the way that they have. But ultimately, as far as this game goes, like I said, you're a little bit at peace with it. At least I am. And I think that reflects pretty well uh, with the way that these guys in the locker room are talking about the game where you have Lamar Jackson kind of joking about, I don't like playing against Patrick Mahomes, you know, with the subtext there obviously being that it's a pain in the dick because the guy is, you know, probably the best quarterback we've ever seen. And you got uncle Ro doing his, his whole routine where he's talking about him putting his pants on the same way as everybody else. And, you know, I, you, we've got some, uh, you know, some malcontents on the other side of the aisle trying to stir things up a little bit, maybe somebody within Patrick Mahomes' camp. But overall, it seems like a pretty respectful kind of uh, run up into this. I haven't seen a ton of real legitimate trash talk. Just feels like two teams in a, uh, a similar, I, I don't know, I would say that should be held in a very similar regard. I think it's going to be a good, good battle, a good test between the two, and I'm excited to see uh, how it shakes out. And Roquan Smith, not that he was this passionate, he is always serious. But when you said when you said he puts his pants on just like we do, it takes me back to my favorite football movie, my favorite football anything media of all time. Friday Night Lights, the movie, the Permian Panthers, Ivory Christensen in the locker room at halftime, and that was kind of you know, people talk about the the Lamar Jackson thing, but says what's wrong with y'all y'all playing like some little girls y'all act like you never played football before these guys are nothing they bleed just like we do they sweat just like we do they went through two days we went through two days in 110 degree heat so and i actually that, put the yeah, I put new noise the the refuse song over over rose uh psychopath speech that he gave a couple weeks ago to fire myself up i put that out on twitter it got some traction so maybe I'll yeah, that was sick that was sick yeah and out of permian and odessa Shout out to the Permian Panthers out there in Odessa. But you mentioned Odell you know, Odell Beckham, another one in the locker room, talking about for a while how special this team is. And I think the reason I feel kind of like I'm about to play in a game for the first time like uh, since we've been doing this, I, I have that kind of feeling that like my knee bounces. And I'm like, all right, hit, hit, hit. And I think the reason you might feel calm is because of like the Christmas game against the 49ers. Like this team does feel battle-tested and – they talked about it this week too. I forget which player, but they said we had to travel and play on Christmas and New Year's and in London, and we did the late bye week. What have we not done? Who have we not played? And I guess you can say, hey, they haven't played Patrick Mahomes with a trip to the Super Bowl on the line, but they have fought the the big boss, the final boss. They have pulled out the sword and stuck it in every mountain that they possibly could, and they just need to do their best as a viper not to – get their uh, their legs swept here and, and show off and play with their food. And that means if they do get to the Super Bowl, they will un have unequivocally earned it. This will not have been a Philadelphia Eagles. This is the exact opposite of a Mickey Mouse championship if the Ravens are to pull it off. Exactly. This isn't like, and no shade to the Eagles last year. They were a great team, but you know, they, a couple Mickey Mouse games against the Giants and then Brock Purdy gets hurt early in that NFC championship game. And obviously they took the Chiefs to the wire and very easily could have won that Super Bowl. But, you know, they if they do come through here they will have absolutely unequivocally earned it they have you know beaten a ton of winning teams down the stretch they have uh showed it's, up they for, stole that but that number one seed they took that yeah they snatched that and took it and earned it and nobody had anything to say headed into the afc playoff picture about the ravens being the one seed at all yeah exactly it, it was not you know it, it was 100 percent blood sweat and tears is what has got them there and 
you know, I'm proud of this squad. It's one of my favorite teams that I've ever watched. And I think they, they it's because of the fact that they've just earned it every single step of the way. And they got another big step here. Um, and we talked a little bit before we got going. This Chiefs team, it's maybe not super impressive talent wise, but let's, let, let's 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 do the overview first. Let's go all the way from the top. Three o'clock Sunday. Ravens will host the Chiefs. The now 14 and 4 Ravens, who are 12 and 6 against the spread, will host the 13 and 6 Chiefs, who are 11, 7, and 1 against the spread. The spread has pretty much stayed the same most of the week. Flick back uh, at one point, I believe yesterday, to about four points a good bit. On the injury report, Isaiah Pacheco has not practiced the last two days with a toe injury, I believe is the official listing. Joe Tooney has not practiced. Legarius Sneed, I believe, has been limited. And a couple other injuries there for the Chiefs, the Ravens. Mark Andrews has been a full participant. I don't think he's going to have a status for this game. Marlon Humphrey has been limited, is questionable currently uh, on PFF here. And Rocky Sin has missed time. And that's kind of the, the squads there. Willie Gay also has a neck that's been limited for him. And a couple other bruises and bang-ups for the Chiefs there. And it's going to be light rain, 42 degrees. The forecast has been ever-changing. It does look like the rain has progressively swept later in the day and started to be fuller around kickoff, where it's supposed to be, I believe, about a half, uh, excuse me, a 20th of an inch per hour, which is a moderate rain, a light to moderate rain. And money line, Ravens minus 201. The total in this game, 44 and a half. This will be the sixth consecutive AFC championship appearance for Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs with Andy, Andy Reid. And of course, this will be the first for Lamar Jackson and the first since the 2013 AFC Championship in January against the New England Patriots in New England, where the Ravens won that one, what, 31 to 13, if I'm not mistaken? I think it was 28 to 13. 28 to 13. I think you're right. So six straight times for the Chiefs, first time for Lamar Jackson, and the Chiefs get it done over the Bills, 27-24 in a late one. I have a lot of thoughts about that one. We'll get to, and the Ravens, of course, toppled the rookie quarterback, C.J. Stroud, rookie head coach, D'Amico Ryans, 34-10, to leading into this game. Yeah, and for me, it's just bird's-eye view, first thought, is it's the chaos factor. We talked about it with Allen a lot and why I was concerned about the Bills coming to Baltimore, but, you know, it's very true of Pat as well. You've mentioned that you think he's the best, uh, you know, scramble, kind of fire drill uh, quarterback in the league, even above Jackson. And I tend to agree with you just because of the elements of physicality that he brings, the elements of keeping his eyes downfield, the element of being able to whip the ball wherever he wants from any arm angle, from any platform, wherever he is. And just the, you know, he's got a little bit of a rabbit's foot up his ass, which tends to, you know, be the case for the all time greats a little bit, where you have a Tyreek Hill somehow getting past a CJ Mosley and an Eric Weddle, you know, what was that five years ago? And that was kind of the first matchup between these two guys. And, Lamar takes him right down to that, or I mean, the Ravens overall take him right down to that fourth down and comes down to that. He makes that play, goes to overtime, and they get the win over the Ravens. And that kind of just sort of set the tone and it set a, a sour taste in the Ravens' mouth over the next couple of matchups. And then ultimately, you think about the most recent one where it was in Baltimore in 2021. Ravens had taken that loss to the Raiders in week one. It was kind of, they were staring down the gun barrel at 0 and 2, and they lost Edwards and they had lost Marcus Peters in practice. And you know, it looks like the, that season could have gotten out of hand pretty quickly, and ultimately it did, but they, they got off to a hot start, and it was because of that that first galvanizing win that they had in Baltimore where they beat them, I believe, 36-35. Um, one of the crazier games that we've ever seen, and I don't know if it's going to get up 
quite that high scoring considering that the Chiefs are not as much of an offensive team now as they were at the time. They're much more defensive. They're much more grinded out. But like I said, chaos factor with Mahomes. He can scramble around. He can throw these guys open a little bit. Pacheco's going to get his on the on the ground. And then I expect the Ravens' the offense to show up and hopefully be a little bit more consistent than they were last week. So I don't know. I'm expecting a good thorough contest. What is your uh, your bird's eye view of this one? It feels like the Chiefs and the Ravens have played at stages of growth of Lamar Jackson's career, his rookie year back in 2018 in December, tight game there where Jackson was running a pretty limited offense, played really well. Grows in 2019, that was still early. That was a loss that was a part of the overhaul that happened after that Browns loss following that one, if I'm not mistaken. That leads to LJ Fort, Josh Bynes, kind of a defensive shift there and a, a look in the mirror for the Ravens. They go on to win 12 straight after those two losses, Kansas City and Cleveland. Then in 2020, it felt like Lamar Jackson had started to mature in a way as a passer, and, and the offense did start to open up a little bit more in a different way. Not able to get it done at home. It was a COVID game, the home field advantage taken away. So kind of a microcosm of the stunted ability of that COVID year overall and of the fact that the Ravens had so many injuries that year. And then 2021, able to get it done with guys like Tyson Williams, with guys like Latavius Murray, the zombie shark, who's still been kicking around the last couple of years here, my boy. He doesn't have a brain. He doesn't have a soul. He just runs a football. Dude, I saw, I who's he on right now again? Is the, he on he's on the Bills. The Bills, yeah, dude. I saw him make a play. I was like, is that fucking Latavius? Is he still in the dude, league? Dude, he's the best. He's like he's like 20th all time in rushing yards or something. He's, he's one of my low-key favorite players ever. Young, too. Yeah, like it's yeah, he's like he had three catches for 27 yards. I actually have a clip where we'll we'll get to it, but I have a clip of him wide open and Josh Allen. I have a theme of kind of Josh Allen just pushing too hard. Yeah. And Latavius Murray's wide open a couple times, almost scored a couple touchdowns in this one. And was the he he's like their receiving back kind of he comes in on third down a lot he like didn't he only it, again he had four targets but no carries against them he hasn't had a carry since I think week sixteen against New England or seventeen against New England and he's had six targets since then so uh, they also have Ty Johnson in there but yeah the zombie shark and and th that was just so cool you know that Ravens team in twenty 2020, twenty in twenty twenty two part twenty twenty one pardon me was able to make it to the one seed. You know, at one point they were eight and three and atop the AFC despite all the injuries. And of course, Lamar Jackson goes down and the whole train derails there. But that was Jackson, you know, again, different stages they faced Lamar Jackson at him playing MVP ball surrounded by injuries and kind of just a microcosm of that Ravens team. They were able to do so much, but it was always on stilts. It was always a house of cards because they were too thin. And then now... The Chiefs are a little bit of the wounded rabbit, you know, trying to jump on off one foot. And the Ravens feel like they have a pretty stocked cabinet of depth and talent and balance and coordinators and things like that. So, you know, it's going to be in Baltimore. The Chiefs are beat up and more tired. So I think that the Ravens should have every advantage, really, when you think about it. The Chiefs had to go on the road. They had to play in that freezing cold game against the Dolphins. That's physically tasking to sustain that cold athletically. That is going to, I mean, even if you want to just talk from a caloric standpoint, to run around in that cold is going to burn 
thousands and thousands and thousands of calories, um, a strain on your body to do so, to expend that amount of energy. Then they have to go on the road and travel to Buffalo, play Buffalo, a physical game, a long game, a game that dragged out the bright lights of it. And then now they have to travel again to Baltimore against a team that hasn't had to do those things. The Ravens played in a cold game. Sure, it wasn't nearly as cold as the Chiefs were in. And they had a bye. And they rested starters in Week 18 too. And they did get over the playoff hump there a little bit in that second half. So I think the Ravens finally kind of have the advantage here, on paper at least, for the first time. And that's what makes this such an intriguing matchup to me. Yeah, I totally agree. I think uh, in the past, like you looked at that first close matchup that I mentioned, and then 2019, they they went into Arrowhead again, and you kind of wanted to wish cast to win there, and they lose by one score. It was not that close of a game. They had The Ravens were lucky to get, get a couple miracle plays to go their way. Uh, shout out to the homeboy down there. Um, and then 2020, they had been 0-2 against them at that point. Chiefs come in in that COVID year, and it's like, all right, well, now maybe the decks are stacked a little bit better for the Ravens. Maybe it's maybe it's their time to get this win, and they just get blown the hell out. Um, and then it's funny that they wound up beating them in 2021 because I don't think that 2021 team had any business winning that game, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but they had started to build a little bit more towards that pass-first offense where they made some moves at receiver with Watkins, with Bateman, and that kind of was just the uh, beginning sort of germ starting to infect them. Like, man, we need to kind of like update the operation here. And then finally, here we are in 2023. They've got the cupboard stock to your point at receiver. They've, you know, made a ton of veteran moves that have all worked out. You wouldn't have expected all of Clowney, Van Noy, uh, and all these other moves that they've made, uh, Mollet, Darby, to have worked out in the way that they did. So the roster is stocked. The coaching changes they've made have both been a smashing success over the last couple of years. Um, and yeah, I mean, as much as we love playoffs bags and I think he's, you know, a tremendous coach and, uh, he's going to be obviously scheming it up in this one. And then you've got Andy Reed there, uh, at the controls on the offensive side. Uh, don't give me any of this, uh, nonsense about Nagy. I don't need to hear that. It's Andy Reed's offense. Um, I, I really do give pretty much every nod to the Ravens except at the quarterback position. And even that with the way that Jackson is playing, it's pretty close, I think right now. So, and in the world of quarterbacks, it was always going to come, and you said the the cream usually rises to the crop, right? The two best teams in each conference usually do because they have fewer or thinner faults. Their cracks are not as detrimental. Their health is usually in a better spot, too. And, of course, really the three teams ended up, we'll say, having a shot. The Texans get kind of blown out there, run away in the second half. It was the Bills, it was the Chiefs, and it was the Ravens. And, and I'll throw Joe Burrow and the Bengals in there, too. You know, maybe they would have with Joe Burrow's health, been able to beat the Texans and co-play in Baltimore. And it's those four in the AFC or something like that. So at this point, when I start to look at this Chiefs team, the two things that stick out to me before we hop into the tape here in a moment are that it kind of reminds me of the Ravens in the sense of team building and how they develop it feels like they have a uniform type of player defensively. And I'll, I'll kind of say offensively too. They like big, strong, calm, powerful players on both sides of the football. I like to look at their linebacker room and really their defensive front. You've got Leo Chanel, big, strong, physical guy, not really a wiggly, bursty, sideline speed guy. And it feels like they have 
as opposed to, let's say, the Bills. You know, I've talked about AJ Epinesa a thousand times. They made him lose weight, get thinner, rush that way. They, they changed his biochemistry. They changed his frame. Instead, they have corn-fed them. Leo Chanel looks bigger than he did in college. They have Nick Bolton, who looks bigger than he did in college. And they just play this really calm game of, we're not going to be explosive and fast and speed-like. We're going to let you show your cards. Their safeties on defense drop back deep, play conservatively. Their corners press and bail. They'll jam and then bail. They're fine with paper cuts. They're fine rallying to the football. As, as a pass rush, it's Chris Jones, giant, strong dude. Not the quickest guy in the world in terms of like open field speed. He can you know swim you in a blink of an eye. They've got Nadi. They've got uh, all these big guys. Carl Loftus is another bigger, stronger, plodding kind of you know, Clydesdale type guy. And on the offensive side of the ball, it's kind of more of the same. I mean, that's what Kelsey is, especially at this point in his career. Rasheed Rice, a big dude. Justin Watson's a big dude. Isaiah Pacheco plays a physical brand of football. All these guys are bigger. And then they have like Hardman and Tony, and they wanted to have like a toy. And those guys haven't really worked out. They brought Hardman in because Tony's hurt. Um, so they just have this very big, physical, calm team. And they don't really play this like explosive physicality with explosive physicality. They play more with like, we're going to let you declare. You're going to make a decision and we're going to engulf. We're going to slowly, defensively, they play on a string. Offensively, it's like where you're aligned is what dictates the play. Mahomes is controlling the command center at the line of scrimmage. And then they just look for a couple matchups like AJ Klein last week, Travis Kelsey, Ends up getting aligned on the the third fourth linebacker for the Bills through some I don't I don't know how the Bills kept letting that happen but just repetitively an option route a, a sale route where it's AJ Klein on Travis Kelsey and then finally Mahomes the X factor of all of it is just I I think really so much of CJ Stroud and I think the Ravens are going to bring some of their simulated pressure they're going to try to win with four and. That's what you say. The very vague thing everyone says, got to beat Mahomes rushing for, you know, the great Brady, you got to rush for all those things. But I don't know. I think they're going to try to get him on the move to cut the field in half, but then he can go make some of these plays from those negative positions, from falling backwards across his body. He can still just whip the ball like a shortstop. So that is kind of their game. They're conservative. They, you know, make a couple plays. Mahomes makes a couple plays. Their defense is opportunistic if you make an error. And what we saw in that Bills game was that they were giving Allen anything he wanted underneath. He could scramble whenever he wanted. He could run all day. They could run the ball if they wanted. They could throw the ball underneath and get six yards. But Allen couldn't just take the low-hanging fruit. He had to try to go hit Stephon Diggs deep when he had a backside dig, I'm going to show wide open. He had to try to uh, hit a couple of these deeper shots and make these more flashy plays when he was cutting them up underneath. The Chiefs didn't care. And part of that is that, hey, you know, even if Allen goes and scores the touchdown and doesn't run enough clock down, what's waiting on the other side is, is you know, Mahomes with the ball and the chance to win. And that's where they want to get you. So they just play, and, that, and that's how you become a champion, right? You let the game come to you. You don't force it. And those are the things that win. You don't turn the football over. You let your opponent make their mistakes. You force them to beat you methodically. What did Tom Brady do for years and years and years? Bill Belichick would take away your best receiver, and then Tom Brady would paper cut you to death over and over. And can you play a mistake-free football game? 
And Allen pretty much did. He just missed the throw late. Everybody talks about digs open and that kind of, the throw was there to Shakir. It was wide open. He threw it a hair early. He saw it, he threw it, and he had somebody push into him and he didn't reset his base and throw a classic, you know, Josh Allen big boy throw. He instead kind of sidearm, tried to kind of bullet it early and it didn't have enough meat on it, uh, muscle on it, I should say, and fell short. And then the Chiefs just let you kind of, it's like quicksand. They just let you sink yourself slowly. Yeah, and I think that's where like what we've seen from the Ravens offense in recent weeks, I kind of like just continuing with that approach. Like we've talked a lot about the last few months, even like where's the big play, where are the deep shots to flowers, where is this and that? Like if there were ever a time based on what you're saying to just kind of stick with the dink and dunk, let's just, you know, get to the sticks and keep these drives alive and run the ball here and Jackson will scramble there. And at the end of the day, we're going to be having a pretty good look at six points. Like they've just got to keep it in front of them to, uh, to that point. I'm curious about, how Andrews, who is probably, I think, going to play in this one, how he's going to help factor into that equation because it felt like he gave them a little bit more of a uh, a presence beyond the sticks. Like if they needed like a 15 to 20 yard completion, you could still go to Flowers or Beckham or Bateman a little bit here and there, or even Nelly. But, you know, the got to have it moments. Yeah, exactly. They got to have it. The clutch moments feels much more automatic when you're targeting Andrews. He finds those soft spots. He free, freelances a little bit. He's got soft hands. He can fight, uh, fight for the ball in the air, too. So I'm curious, like, is he going to change that calculus a little bit where it's not going to be just that uh, that shorter passing, run it here, run it there kind of thing? Um, and I don't know. I think he could be uh, he could be a pretty big factor in this one. I'm curious to see how he looks coming off that injury, because obviously it's been a while. He's got some rust to shake off. And will he be a little bit more of a decoy to just kind of help get likely going? I don't know. But he presents to me a pretty big, uh, pretty big X factor in this one that people aren't even really talking about that much. Like the fact that he's coming back to play is pretty insane. Yeah, and you can go to BaltimoreRavens.com and read his art, uh, Ryan Mink's article about the hyperbaric chamber that he's been in. It's very funny to read. Like We interviewed Mark Andrews. We know he's kind of just like a let's go, like giant frat boy in a way, uh, in a good way. That's we, we love that. And the article goes on to detail. The, one of the quotes is, my girlfriend's mom is very into health wellness, not health and wellness, health wellness, and they had a hyperbaric oxygen chamber, he said saying she bought it for around eight to 10 grand about eight years ago. And the jumbo said, I said, I just hard launched his girl or his girlfriend just hard launched him. They talk about Terrell Owens and he goes, yeah, I was doing research about bringing in oxygen, especially as a diabetic to your lungs, your feet, your ankles, my ankle to help speed up that process. That's what healing is all about. Extra oxygen, just building up as much oxygen as you can. It was his girlfriend's family as family's idea to move the hyperbaric oxygen chamber to Andrew's home. Sometimes I wake up in it in a panic, like, where am I? It's really just focusing on your breathing while you're in there. So very funny there. And you got to respect the guy coming back. I mean, an absolute warrior, someone that I feel like there's a lot of talk about Andrews and some of these Twitter conversations and things and discussion boards where he's like, Oh, he, his spacing and he freestyles and like all this stuff. And people kind of like, and Isaiah likely has obviously played so well. And people are worried about that. Oh, is likely not. You can just tell how much, Lamar wants him out there, how much, what he means to the locker room and the competitor that he is and how well respected and loved or beloved he is in that locker room. Uh, my two cents is that I feel like, especially on the offensive side of the ball where you can kind of be a little more intentional and rotate players in and out. It's not like he's a corner or something or like a, you know, a linebacker or a pass rusher. I feel like they're going to pick something where he can 
focus. And it might be the red zone. It might be like, to your point, Jake, third and longs, pass downs where the run isn't really an option. Something where he can just focus and integrate back in that way. And they can't take Isaiah Likely off the field. Isaiah Likely shouldn't lose a single snap. Like he's been outstanding. He blocks hard. He is electric after the catch. He scores touchdowns every single game, more or less. He is a cog in this offense. So the more you can do, the better always. And I would assume that the Ravens pick a thing, a personnel. Maybe it's 12 personnel between the 20s. Maybe it's second and third and long. Maybe it's kind of the high reds, the 30-yard line of the opponent and in where Andrews is made, I mean, a living. He has like the 10th most receiving touchdowns since he entered the league. So I'm excited to see how they integrate him. I'm excited to see how much he's recovered. He had a pretty huge injury. Harbaugh said it was season ending at first and dude goes in a hyperbaric chamber. He's freaking diabetic sleeping in a hyperbaric chamber. Like dude's a beast, dude's a tank. And I can't wait to hear the stadium erupt. I, I believe the offense is going to get announced as a defense last week. They are, so yeah. I think it's, I think it's going to be Mark Andrews and then Lamar Jackson. And I think the stadium's going to blow up from it. And I think it just, I mean, if you're a teammate of Mark Andrews, if you're Michael Pierce, if you're Roquan Smith, if you're Nelson Aguilar, if you're, you know, one of these backs, if you're Lamar, watching a diabetic dude who had his freaking ankle snap on national television and then do everything he's done to recover he's is going to get paid. you jacked up. He's already gotten paid. He's already got all the accolades. Like, you know, all he's got left. First team all pro, like, all, done everything. Done exactly. everything but win these games. Exactly. All he's got left is, left is win a game like this and then win a Super Bowl. That's all, all that's on his mind. And so, people yeah. also have this thing where Mark Andrews drops the ball in big games. He's made so many plays at late in games and in, like, high leverage moments. It's absurd against people the Patriots. The idea that if you get your hand on a ball and it doesn't wind up in a catch, that it's a drop. Like, that's oh, you got your hands on it. If you can touch it, you can catch it. It's not always it's not always the case. I'm I'm telling you guys. Even if you're one of the 10 people in the world who could get a hand on it, you should have caught it. Yeah, it's you know, it's tough. So let's let's not oversimplify that too much. And yes, like to the overall question of like likely's rolling this and that, yes, for sure. Keep him rolling as much as you can, but it is always a good thing to have your best receiver on the roster on the football field. Should we should we hop into the tape here a little bit? Yeah, let's rock it. All right. So if you're watching on YouTube, you'll see the tape getting pulled here in just a moment. It's not a Chrome tab. I'll just share my filters. I'll go, I'll go inception for a moment. Let me know if you can see it, Jake. Yep. So first thing that kind of stood out here early in this game and, and across some of the other tape I watched is just that the Ravens and Chiefs remind me of each other. They're not that worried about you running the ball as opposed to play action pass in these neutral downs. So we see why leak. You're going to see Knox run across the top of the screen there. And that backside defender, he just stays. He just stays and does his job. They're not worried if you run the ball out of heavy. They don't want you to throw a bomb. So with that in mind, they also, like I said, they kind of slow roll their pass rush. It's kind of this low gear pass rush. They'll give you space. And if you just don't force it, you can scramble, you can run. So as we see this, this kind of down block motion, just watch the backside defenders and the Y leak. Other guys are clearing out. They're trying to do the, the classic shanty Y leak backside. See if you can, you know, go with the motion. And they just don't. Everybody stays in their assignment. They get depth back and everything's covered perfectly. Even on the backside receiver, 
Josh Allen goes and scrambles and has a successful play. It's like a six yard gain or five yard gain there. So you have to play this calmly. And this is what they did throughout the course of the game. You see the backside defender there, takes it away. Allen, just step up, go get your five yards. That's what they want you to do. And they're willing to lose that way. The other thing that pops out is that it's kind of, I think of Bobby Slowick. I think Todd Munkin's gotten into this. I think of the Shanahan tree that the Chiefs will kind of line up just in like mostly the same looks. It's mostly the same. They'll do middle of the field close, your cover ones, your cover threes. They'll press, they'll play off. But it's kind of just their linebackers and their front and their DBs are in kind of standard positions. So again, they're these bigger, stronger guys and they have these big, strong linebackers. So if you want to throw the ball to the outside, then get tight and paper cut them. We see this kind of same play that the Ravens run. We're going to see the tight end just leak out and basically run a two-man screen for James Cook as an option there. And you can go get your eight yards. They'll give you your eight yards, and they're pretty good tacklers. They tackle as a unit really well. But just look at the pocket that Josh Allen has. They don't have these fast guys. And that's where I think of Lamar, and I'll get to that part of it, but they'll kind of just let you do your thing. They'll get into the red zone, and, and, and here's another example. Instead, the inverse is that, all right, Here's empty. So if you want to throw the ball over the middle of the field, create bigger windows in space. And you see a matchup here between Nick Bolton and Stefan Diggs on this kind of shake route. Bolton gets aligned and you're able to get that mismatch. That's that Zay Flowers right there. That's Odell Beckham that you can go run that kind of route with. So if you want to throw the ball over the middle of the field, space them out. Look at this. There's no one even on the screen. You can run QB draw here. You can do a ton of things here, but they kind of let you do your thing. They kind of just do what you want them to do and keep it in front. And they want you to throw underneath and they'll lose that way. And it's okay. But Stefan Diggs, for everything he is, he's not really this electric guy after the catch. So get that into Zay Flowers' hands. Even Nelson Aguilar, I'd say, who can really pick up speed, things like that. I think you can make hay. These linebackers are good. They are sound, but they are not quick. They don't trigger quickly. They're not urgent necessarily in the run game they do everything right but it's this very calm plotting kind of ordeal so now i want to talk about spacing we're going to see khalil shakir here go in motion all three of these receivers are going to end up in the same place and just watch how calmly the chiefs dbs end up we're going to count them out in a second but watch how calmly they just let you run yourself covered the, the bills are just going to try and make these really sudden movements and ha, da, 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 da. And it's just going to run everybody covered. But then we see Latavis Murray back here. There's Zombie Shark. He's just going to go against the grain. And should have been a touchdown here. But Josh Allen wanted a big play hunt here. So instead of taking that low-hanging fruit, this is second down. The Chiefs are basically going to drop seven defenders into that exact spot where all three of your receivers are. And Allen has Latavis Murray in his vision, but he doesn't want that. He wants to score a touchdown here. So we'll see. Look how big of a mess they created for themselves. Everything's covered except Murray. Look where the leverage is to the field. The linebacker is sitting still. Murray is right underneath. They'll give you your running back every single play. You can leak your running back out and he can go run along. It sucks that the Ravens don't have Keaton Mitchell in this game for that reason. But just everything's covered except your back, except your check down. So take, take your check down. Now the spacing, everything's together and you cut the field in half. And just watch this perfect little banana. Banana pursuit, you always want to talk about in football. You want to pursue kind of that outside shoulder, upfield, use the sideline as a defender. Look at that nice little banana they create. Go to that 
left shoulder there, and Allen has to throw the ball away in the red zone there, uh, which makes it third down. You can kind of see here, again, you can see Murray. He's going to leak out, and he's right there. He's right there. Bolton's going the other way. That's a touchdown. And I'm I'm not one to do the screenshot thing, but come on. Take the low-hanging fruit there. It's right there for you. Instead, you go try and hunt a big play. You can't make it. And there were so many times where hunting didn't lead to success. Here, Josh Allen takes his time. The spacing's better. When you have better spacing, and again, they spread things out, you're going to get your one-on-ones here. So Khalil Shakir at the bottom of the screen, and this is a crazy play. Like, this isn't something you can just be like, oh, let's go do this. But I mean, Allen could have ran there. And if that's Lamar Jackson, he is burning whoever that is to the corner. So spread things out, get your one-on-ones, see who they double. And look at the pass rush. It's just, I mean, the Bills do have a great offensive line and pass protection, but there's just nothing urgent for Allen. He can just take his time. So take your time. You don't have to force it. Don't run yourself covered. Don't split the field in half just because. Be intentional about things like that. Uh, Another one here, their safeties really want to play conservative. This is the the missed bomb that Diggs kind of dropped or whatever. I mean, it was a 70-yard throw, tough catch. It's cold out, all that stuff. But there's so much time in the pocket, and this backside dig here we're going to get to, it's just wide open. They gave it to you. You want the kill shot? They're not going to give it. And Diggs could have made a catch maybe, but just look at that shit. Wide open. No one around. Linebackers coming up. Everything's there. And instead, he goes for the kill shot. And doesn't get it. Was it a great throw? Yeah. Should Diggs have had it? Maybe. But you have 25 yards right there. That could be a 50-yard play. Who knows? Right there. You've got a 15-yard window to make a 25-yard throw. There's nothing aggravating that aggravates me more than that. Um, I think back to 2014 when they were playing the Patriots, right? And Joe Flacco was absolutely surgical, just leading them down the field. Um, he, I think he converts a fourth and two. And you're like, oh, my God, are they going to score a touchdown? Or are they going to go and win this thing? And then just out of nowhere, just heaves one up in Torrey Smith's direction. Deron Harmon picks it off, and your season is over. I fucking hate that, especially if you're having success taking what the defense gives you and just keeping it simple. 100%. 100,000%. And that's what the playoffs in the Super Bowl are. Um, so I'll, I'll take a pause there. And we're going to see Inception for a second. My stop sharing doesn't come with me on the, the quick time I have there. But um, so it's just, to me, the things that stand out are the low gear, the big physical players, the conservative nature of their safeties. I think if that's Lamar Jackson, who has torched the, the Chiefs on the ground, he had, what, a 100 and seven yards and two touchdowns the last time they played on 16 carries, 6.7 yards a carry. Time before that, it was nine for 83. He did fumble twice there. Uh, ran for 46 yards, six a carry, and 67 yards his rookie year, which is, you know, eons ago. Ran 14 times that game when he used to do that kind of deal. But I think this has the opportunity. Like, Justice Hill in this game to me, and again, I'll say that Keaton Mitchell not being in this game, he would shred them. They are just this big plotting defense. And it's I think they played Josh Allen that way a little more than they normally do. And you'll see in the fourth quarter when you get to it, the linebackers start to trigger a little bit more aggressively. But they still just play this very calm defensive game. You can have your check down. You can have your you know underneath routes. You can scramble. So just play calm back. Just fight calm with calm. That's what Mahomes does, right? It's calm. It's just calm in those high leverage moments. The kill shot has to be obvious. It has to be 
wide open. And hey, not that likely or Zay Flowers can't go make a play, but it's also like if you can get the ball to Zay Flowers underneath, he's going to hurt them way worse than a Stephon Diggs does. It, it's going to hurt more when you get the ball to uh, Justice Hill in space instead of a Latavius Murray. These guys that are a little bit more quick twitch can go downhill and gain more yardage and explode more. Yeah, and that's the tenor and the tempo of a team and an organization that's been there and done that now. They've they've done this already twice. They've been in this game six years in a row, right? They're not going to force it. Just like Brady and them didn't force it back in the day. They they would take the paper cut offense out there and they'd go and just kill you with it. Death by a thousand cuts. Brady wasn't bombing it deep, trying to, you know, go for it all and make the home run play and just get out of town. It was like, no, I'll just take what they give me and do what I got to do because I've done this before and I'm not going to lose my uh lose my marbles. I'm just going to keep us in this thing. So yeah, I think um, I think that's going to be a key in this one because the, the Chiefs certainly aren't going to get out over their skis. I think the Ravens certainly cannot afford to either. Me, me neither. And Todd Munkin has a quote today that is something to the tune of, my wife tells me, you know, just run the plays that work. And I agree with that. I think everybody should agree with that. Yeah. And you need to be able to take that same sentiment. If I want to throw the ball over the middle of the field, I don't want to congest the middle of the field. If I want to throw the ball outside, I don't want to congest the outside. So they're going to play that calm game. And I don't know, man, I think Lamar Jackson runs for a hundred yards in this one. Again, I think that we see instances of them going empty and Josh Allen, like I said, the entire field is before you. There's four defenders and you're Lamar Jackson. And they're these big dudes they don't have Christian Harris and these tiny little linebackers that can kind of fly. I'm honestly floored by how much less explosive Willie Gay looks. Like they all just look big and hulking and like calm. It's really peculiar. So I think Lamar's going to run for a lot of yards. I think that the quarterback run game is going to be there. There were examples of the read option, simply just like a big plotting. Whoever number 90 is, I don't have it right in front of me, but. Uh, might be able to find it here in the, the lineups. Whoever number 90 is for the Chiefs there, I, I can't find it quickly. But anyway, he crashes inside and just loses contain, and then Josh Allen runs outside. And like Allen is an electric runner in his own right, but he's not really chewing up grass the same way in, uh, in tight quarters and things like that. He's not going to be able to cut back and do some of these more exotic things Lamar Jackson can do. So I think the Ravens are going to be able to run the ball. And you, by the way, Charles, Who is it? Charles, exactly a huge dude. He's like six, six two eighty, And he's not, you know, some like Alden Smith type guy or some, uh, you know, I'll even say like Jadevian Clowney. He's a faster, more mobile, explosive type of player, as opposed to these like big, strong plotting defenders. They, they have really good gap integrity. They, you know, they, they play things right but they just don't really care about anything but getting beat deep. And Legereus Sneed is so good. He always is in the hip pocket. If you He'll press you, and if you want to beat him, it has to be over his head, and he's tall, and he's strong, and he's going to be in your hip pocket. So you're going to have to make a tough catch. So I think switch releases are going to be huge in this one. Basically just off the line of scrimmage, outside guy goes in, inside guy goes out. That is how you can kind of create separation on them. I think that's a big ordeal that the Ravens need to, to really tap into. And I mean, somebody's going to have to make a big play, but it has to be there. Like you can't force it against this defense and playoff spags is a thing, but the bills kind of got, to, I mean, they just, 
I'm 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 not going to I'm not trying to spite the football gods here and talk shit about the Chiefs at all. I don't I think they're a good unit, but they just don't pop. There's no pop off the tape. And Chris Jones is a great player. They're a nice unit. I just don't see how they can contain Lamar Jackson with the way he's been playing, especially in the run game. And then again, I'll mention Zay Flowers, I'll mention Aguilar, I'll mention Isaiah Likely as guys that have been damaging teams after the catch and are fast and athletic, and sudden, and urgent getting downfield. And you did a nice job calling to attention that Todd Monken was probably going to be going into that deeper into that bag through the quarterback run game. Uh, and we, we saw it. Yeah, exactly. We see Lamar Jackson score on a design run. He also scored on a, uh, a scramble to really break the game open. He had a couple big scrambles in the game against the Texans. So I think he's going to have to continue to go to that. And I think if he recognizes the fact that he's got a bunch of Clydesdales out there, Time to let the stallion out of the uh, corral and uh, outrun them all. I think this is the uh, this is the game to do it, if any. Certainly. And again, it's got to be a big day for Justice Hill, I think. I think if we look back on a Ravens win, you say, wow, Justice Hill kind of tore them up underneath. And Munkin likes to run those rail routes. You can kind of get the Chiefs in man on like high leverage, medium, down in distance, like third and five. You can kind of catch them in man and run some motion, and then they're like, uh-oh, and you can run those kind of rail routes and stuff, but they pass off really well. They don't blow a lot of coverages from what I've seen, and you're just going to have – it's going to be a paper cut battle. And then on the other side of the football, you've got Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes and Rasheed Rice and these guys, and I, I only pulled like two plays of them that I'll pull up super quickly. But – uh, and let me go back here and go to Inception, and then we'll go max it. All right. So on this one, forgot to make a note here. Oh, I meant to call this one just silly, silly goose time. This is what happens. Somebody gets their hands on Mahomes, and so the linebackers here, right in the middle, both leave Rasheed Rice, and then suddenly he's pinwheeling the other way, he's fading backwards, and he's flipping him the ball confidently. And this dumb shit, it's great. Goof but it's pickle. not structured football. Goof pickle. Goof pickle. It's goof pickle, silly, silly goose time, silly, silly ha-has. This is a 40-yard play. Set that to the Benny Hill music. I, I'd laugh at that. Exactly. It's the drunken toddler, Patrick Mahomes and Kyler Murray. And here's just one more look, just for silly, silly goose, goof pickle time. Chilling in the pocket, nothing there. Oh, okay. He'll just spin around, throw the ball, jumping off his back foot. I've seen that play no less than 7,000 times. Make your fucking tackles on Sunday night, guys. That is all I ask. Did I, did I double up on this one? I think I did. There we go. There's my silly goose time caption. Well, you, you captioned it now, so we like that. There, there we go. Silly goose time. So you have to have your assignment. You can't abandon your assignment. And I think you have to make Mahomes run for like 80 yards. Like I think he's got to play a game where you never leave your guy and he's just running and then go let Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen and Kyle Hamilton go deal with him. And if he wants to run for 100 yards, run for 100 yards. You're willing to lose that game. Here is just the summation to me of why is AJ Klein in coverage all the time and also what makes Travis Kelsey still good at football. Uh, I don't think he quite is as explosive as he used to be, but he's still just as smart, probably smarter, and still physical and strong. He's up 34 years old. And just the timing that they operate with, they're going to, uh, Kelsey's going to run this little option and he's going to want to carry it outside. And he just put, presses up on AJ Klein right here. Klein's like, oh, I'm scared of you going inside. And then Kelsey just turns back the other way and Mahomes throws the ball. That's a tight window. There's another defender right here watching the eyes. And Mahomes already has the ball out before he can move. And that's just 
guys that have played in a thousand playoff football games together for a reason because they're that good and the timing is almost unstoppable. So you can't let Kelsey press up into you like that. If he wants to, you gotta you gotta make it a little bit more physical in that sense. So those are really the only two plays that I uh, had pulled up there as we we screen set for the final time. But those summate their offense. They run counter. They run trap. They run big boy ball inside. We were talking about Pacheco before we got started here a little bit. He, he it's like he's a 250 pound runner. He just runs hard. He, he's not even a factor in the pass game. They don't throw him the ball. He just runs hard. They have huge strong offensive linemen. And I think if Joe Tooney's out, it's an issue. I think he is. They paid him that amount of money for a reason. They wanted to play this brand of football with running counter and trap and power. And if he goes out and it's a backup, Justin Matabike was pushing backup level guards, you know, jag guards into the backfield with ease. The Ravens are explosive up front. If they want to, they will penetrate three yards into the backfield. And you can kind of, I don't know. The Chiefs, I think, they give away their runs. They get really tight splits when they want to run a pulling concept. Trap, power, counter, condenses. You can kind of see. You kind of know they're doing something. And you can kind of see the guard that's going to pull is kind of a little bit far back. It's not a secret. And to take out their hitman in Joe Tooney, who is the guy that's making the yonder block, the tough down block across his face, that's a huge loss. Huge, huge loss. Even if he plays... If he's hampered, hindered, I should say, both apply, then it's going to be a tough, tough day running the football, I think. And just like the Chiefs, I don't think they were, the Ravens shut down the run last week. I just, I still don't think they really give a shit that much if you run the ball. Yeah. I'm seeing a lot of talk too about Hamilton versus Kelsey. And like, this is what you drafted Kyle Hamilton for. And I totally agree with that. But like, I'm kind of thinking, Watching that goof pickle play, it kind of uh, got my my gears turning a little bit. Thinking back to that Colts game where we had Kyle Hamilton around the line of scrimmage a ton, winds up with three sacks. Um, he did. Yeah, excuse me, winds up with three sacks. Um, and like, if you need a guy that's going to be able to corral Mahomes, and there aren't many, and maybe Hamilton isn't that guy, but like, if I had to bet on somebody with the arm length that he has, with the overall length that he has, with the strength and speed that he has, like. Wouldn't surprise me if Mike Matt kind of threw a wild card in there and said, we're just going to put you around the line of scrimmage a ton. We're going to blitz you a ton, and you're going to have to help us bring this guy down and get them into third and third and long type situations. And then we'll sit back, and then we'll guard Kelsey, and then we'll play the sticks. Like, I almost feel like that would be a good early down strategy to try and put them, throw them off their rhythm a little bit. Because in any iteration of this offense, whether it's this year or when they're at their absolute best, I think they really did thrive on just getting you know quick little completions to Kelsey, Short little runs here and there going which way. Scrambles from Mahomes to get them into second and two, to get them into third and one. And they just, like you said, they just pick you apart down the field. I feel like if you can get them off their balance and get them into those negative situations early, that really could set a good tone for this game. And it's easier said than done for sure, but I think Kyle Hamilton could be a weapon in that regard. It is. And where they, I mean, I just don't know what they do explosively necessarily. Like Marquez Valdez-Scanling, I, I love him as a player. Um, I, I was... When he signed that contract, I thought he was going to be a thousand yard guy, and everybody's going to be like, oh, the Chiefs didn't sign anyone. Hasn't been up to that billing, but he's been really good in the playoffs. When you go back in this Bills game, it was the longest play they, the two longest plays they had a 32 yarder to Marquez Valdez Scanling, a 30 yarder to Marquez Valdez Scanling, him making tight, contested catches in a huge game in a big moment. He is a playoff player. He is the one that is a little bit more explosive and can push downfield and has the 
playoff experience of making big catches and big moments to go in the Super Bowl in the conference championship from last year. So uh, he's he's kind of the one to watch for there. If you get those 50-50 balls, can't let him kind of late hands and pussy, you can't pussyfoot around those. You got to go take that football away. And Mahomes has not been turnover adverse this year. When you go to his uh, playoff stats here, let's see. His turnover-worthy play has been eh, just better than I thought, actually. Right around where Lamar Jackson's is. But is has not been perfect in that regard. And again, I've been saying it for weeks. It's an obvious statement. It's vague, but can't let it. If you're a defender, you can't let a football hit you in the hands and drop it. Kyle Hamilton can't drop that that bread basket one that was a tip ball. You got to come away with those. It's easier said than done. Ball slippery, it's shaped funny, and bounces in strange ways. But somebody's gonna have to make a turnover. Somebody's gonna have to hit it, punch a fumble out. And I will say one thing about the Chiefs defense too. They're big, they're strong, they're conservative. But once you're kind of tied up, they are ripping at that ball to the ground. They're always trying to get that last second punch out right before your knee drops. Suddenly they rip at the ball. So ball security is huge in this one. Justice Hill, who had his issues earlier in the year, I'm looking at him. Uh, I think this needs to be a Justice Hill game. And Dalvin Cook maybe ends up taking a few more snaps too. I, I love Gus Edwards to death. He just hasn't provided the juice to support giving him a huge share of touches. He's great in what he's great in, short yardage. You know, he's a calm presence. He has done a nice job for a long time, but I need a little more juice there out of him or else I'm, I'm looking at Justice Hill and maybe a little bit of Dalvin Cook. And I don't know, man, Justice Hill's earned it. I, I would say, if you want to be a hardball, if you want to be a who's got it better than us and live by the, the, the code of football, what has Justice Hill done other than deserve to get a chance in this game to go make plays? And some of that I said earlier in the year in this podcast, I was like, he's probably the worst. At one point in the season, I say he's the worst Raven that plays a good bit. He was fumbling a lot. He was blowing pass pro and has fully turned that around. So he's someone I really look at in this game, needing to make plays. And, and on the other side, man, I, I don't know. It's just, I, I think it was Gronk that said it simply. He was just like, the Ravens, Guys are better defensively. Like Kelsey's not as he didn't say this part, but Kelsey's not as terrifying as he was. He's gonna have 100 yards, probably. He's gonna have seven catches. He'll probably have a touchdown. You know, he's gonna empty the empty the clip here. But who's terrifying you other than Mahomes? They don't have scary guys. They don't have Tyreek. They don't have a lot of these guys that were making. Kadarius Tony last year was making plays. Maybe he comes out of the woodwork. He's questionable with a hip. Hasn't played in a while. People have ripped on him. He made huge plays in that playoff run too. And he's the exact kind of player. Like I get why they wanted him. He is the antithesis of all these big, strong plotting players that they have on both sides of the football. I mean, they've, they've got McDuffie too. I'll mention in the slot is a nice player, but man, I, I, I think the Ravens should win this game. Like it, and this is where it comes down to it's one game, right? Single elimination. So it's going to come down to those high leverage moments, penalties, turnovers, sacks, Missed opportunities, missed field goals, can't miss a field goal, can't fuck up a fourth down. And the thing I'll, I'll turn to here a little bit, and we can dilly-dally back and forth. Of course, you know, we want to empty the clip in this episode. But speaking of emptying the clip, do not, John Harbaugh, be at the end of the second half with two timeouts or, le or with less than three timeouts, I'll say. Don't do what McDermott did and blow a timeout early in the second half to save five yards because this game is going to come down to the fourth quarter. 
Chris Jones was floating around today. Chris Jones has like a 55 run grade on PFF in the first half. In the third quarter, it's like a 70. And in the fourth quarter, it's like an 85. The Chiefs turn up the dial in the fourth quarter. So keep your fucking timeouts. Keep all three timeouts. I don't care. I don't care. You have to trust that Lamar Jackson won't turn the ball over or won't do the dumb thing. If you can't, then you're not going to win anyway. So don't call a timeout for five yards. Have three timeouts at the end of the game so that you can slow everything down and play calmly. Yeah, and just assume that you're going to lose every challenge because you pretty much already do anyway, if we're being honest, if we're, if we're calling balls and strikes here. Um, and it's just not worth it in the second half. Like, if you want to do that shit in the first half, I'm fine with it. But in the second half, that's you're absolutely right. You got you to gotta buckle up. Could very well be your last half of 2023-24 season. So hang on to those things. Treat them like they're, uh, they're liquid gold because you absolutely are going to need them. I, I think this game is going to come down to one possession to spoil my pick here. Um, and yeah, I think we, we can't, we've gotten rid of the bad body language. We've gotten rid of a lot of the shit to an extent, some of the time management stuff and some of the weird challenges have lingered a little bit. Let's kind of not have that be a factor here. Let's not beat ourselves in this one to the uh, point we keep making. Certainly. And I don't know, man, it's, it's, if not now, when at the end of the day, I've, I've talked about a lot of people other than Lamar Jackson, but Control the line of scrimmage. You're at home. You've got weapons. You're faster than they are. You're a more talented athlete than they are. You're a better player than they are. This is your time. And this is what he's obsessed about, right? That's what he says. It's what everybody says about him. He's obsessed about making the Super Bowl, winning a Super Bowl. It's in your house. On paper, you have a better team. You're mano a mano with Mahomes and I don't know. Every, this, this, who, who is it? Rich, what is it? Richard Sherman that keeps saying like, oh, Mahomes has only lost to Brady and Burrow in the playoffs. It's like Lamar Jackson beat Brady twice. He's beaten Mahomes. He, he can beat anybody on any given Sunday. It's any given Sunday. And that's this Sunday. It is any given Sunday now. So out physical them, be explosive with the football, allow the guys I mentioned to make plays and man, I think we just saw the glimpse that, oh, Lamar Jackson's not going to run as much anymore. He doesn't want to run. He doesn't want to have to run. He saved himself. He saved it up. He's got HP. He's got his energy bar is full. He's rested. Exactly. He didn't have to make a, a ton of crazy plays last week. He ran a couple times, kept himself safe, and he made it through the regular season by not running as much in the regular season. And now it's time. It's time to run for 125 yards. It's time to have a 50-yard run. I'm going to be hammering Lamar Jackson longest run. It's a big fucking I'll, I don't I'm not going to say the S word. It's a big conservative defense that you should be able to outrun if you're urgent. If you're indecisive, they will swallow you up. So, punch it. Fuck them. Punch it. I'm with it. I think, uh, yeah, like if, if they're going to win, he's got to be ultimately like we talk about this and that and the other, but really like the two quarterbacks are what it comes down to. And that's what everyone's been talking about. And it oversimplifies things a little bit for sure. And there is more that goes into it, but uh, just bird's eye view. It's, it's kind of a clash of two Titans here. And um, I don't know. I think whichever guy makes a couple more plays is the guy that's probably going to be winning the game. And it's going to be a close one. Um, you ready to get in predictions. You got anything else you want to uh, get off your chest? Chiefs are much worse against base defense in terms of EPA per play. Some of the people are talking about kind of in the analytics community. 
as opposed to nickel. They kind of run the ball down nickel's throat a little bit. But when your nickel is Kyle Hamilton, I don't, I don't know. And he's not, he's not, he's not perfect fit in the run. He'll make his mistakes. He'll overcommit and things, but curious to see what happens in that one. Uh, when the chiefs do go with their 21 and their 12 and get gray on the field or whoever else, what the Ravens do. Malik Harrison is an interesting player in that regard. They do like to get him on the football field. Kyle Hamilton will get taken off sometimes. So uh, we saw, and the final thing I'll say here, the misdirection, the chiefs run the hula hoop with the screens and the throwbacks and all that shit and the jet sweep motion and the orbit return as much as anybody in the world. And I would be very disappointed after watching a Geno stone, go hunt down a throwback screen after watching them play the Rams who do that kind of stuff and the Browns who do that kind of stuff. And the, um, 49ers are the Kings of that kind of misdirection. Wiley, you know, getting a number wonky, throw throw back the other way, whatever. So the end of the day, execute your assignment harder and faster. The Ravens have better athletes, in my opinion, that are a little bit more explosive and also aren't necessarily, I mean, the chiefs are bigger physically, but they don't, they're not that much bigger. And I think the Ravens are a lot more explosive. So it's going to come down to simply turnovers, sacks, execution, staying home. And if you lose because you get mossed by Marquez Valdez Scanling, then, you know, it's what they've done. It's what the Chiefs have done. They they pulled the, the rabbit out of the hat there, but that's what it's got to be. You got to make them make those tight throws. And for the Chiefs to win this game, Mahomes is going to have like a 92 PFF grade. He's going to put on a – if the Chiefs win, Mahomes played, you know, an elite all-time performance in a championship game that will be remembered forever. In terms of predictions, you go ahead first, as is as is tradition here. You already kind of said it, but yeah, I think uh, I think it's going to be a close one. I think it's going to be an all timer. I do have the Ravens winning. Um, I think it might come down to the leg of one Justin Tucker. I think you might have made this point uh, that we haven't really seen a ton of big moments from him this year, really, even the last couple of years. Uh, I'm going to go Ravens win this game, twenty-seven to twenty-six. Uh, I think we're going to have a nice, consistent shootout. It's going to have a similar tenor to that game against the Bills last week. But the Ravens get those a couple extra bounces to go their way, and they are off to Las Vegas for the Super Bowl. It's crazy to say that out loud. I just realized how fucking crazy that is. When you said it, it resonated with me for sure. That's the gut feeling I have. The two feelings I have in this game are that Mahomes is going to take a shot. I think he's going to have to run. I think the Ravens are going to make him run. And I think he likes to press a little bit more than a Stroud, or he likes to he likes to push that limit and try and get that 15-yard penalty. And I think there's going to be a roughing, uh, unnecessary roughness or a roughing or something. And I don't think it's going to knock him out of the game, but I think he's going to take a oh-fuck shot, and it's going to be a flag, and it's going to be a huge boo-bird thing. That's the kind of feeling I just get the vision that I get about it. And then I see Justin Tucker having his moment. I have had it on my mind all week. I just see it. I think that the Ravens win this game. I'll go with my weird numbers. Three touchdowns. Chiefs score three touchdowns, two field goals, or excuse me, two touchdowns, three field goals. We'll put them at what? 20. Something along there. Let's go 23, 22, 23, 21, somewhere around there. It's, it doesn't get there cleanly, 
I think the Ravens can score a couple touchdowns here, but I just believe Lamar Jackson's going to have the football. I think the Chiefs are going to score a field goal, a go-ahead, or a tying field goal. And I just think Lamar Jackson's going to have the football at the end of the game. And I think he's going to run. And he's going to run, 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 make two throws. Tucker's going to hit like a 49-yard field goal to win this and send the Ravens to the Super Bowl. And I think they are going to go play the 49ers, right? It's been that war path. It's been the logo thing. Um, Jared Goff, I called CJ Stroud an indoor show pony. If you're an indoor show pony, you are in the, the vein of Jared Goff because he is, if nothing else, an indoor show pony. And now they're going to have to go out to Santa Clara and go with the Bang Bang Niner gang rolling and Christian McCaffrey and all that stuff. So I think the Ravens do get it done. I think it is insane to say out loud. We finally have reached this point. We have hypothesized and postulated on Mahomes and Jackson playing in this game. It's what it was supposed to be. It's what we started the show with. It was always supposed to be this matchup. This should have this should be the second one by now. So that shows it's a lot harder to get here. That's how good the Chiefs are. That's how good Patrick Mahomes is. Six straight. So if not now, when? Yeah, I mean, Joe Burrow's done it twice now, and that's the high watermark of these young gunslingers between Lamar, between him, between Allen, all those three guys gunning to be the the second second fiddle to Mahomes here. And uh, this is Lamar's first one. And uh, goddamn, you better hope he, he takes advantage because as Burrow showed this year, as Allen has shown, it can slip through your fingers really quick. And it's not the end of the world. If it does, you'll get more chances, certainly. But uh, when you have a good shot like this, it just it would be really behoove you to go ahead and take advantage. And uh, I think the Ravens will on Sunday night. I have faith. Feels right. Feels right. And I don't know, man. I think the Ravens should run for 250 or something. I think they should run the Chiefs into the ground. There's no reason they shouldn't. Keep them off the field. Just I don't, I don't want to see Patrick Mahomes on the field very much. I, I have no interest in that. Just keep him off the field. Give me eight-minute drives. Give me bully ball. That's what I want. And we've we've been Jekyll and Hyde in the sense of the instant analysis where we're not sober and these where we are. But my God, man, go to the game, buy the ticket, blow it all, blow your rent money, go to the game, yell, yell until it yell until blood comes out of your fucking throat. Dude, I feel Scream like I'm Olympic gutterly. the finish line of this season right now. You guys should sound like me on Monday. Way it's worse. Not- you shouldn't be able to speak. You're, it should hurt to talk. It should be feel like scratching and like sharp pain in your throat, like the worst strep throat you've ever had. If you go to this game, stand up, yell louder, yell from the gut, the diaphragm, and don't stop yelling. Don't stop. Don't let them go no huddle. What do you do when you're a road team and you and noise is an issue? You go fast because people have to take a breath. Don't pass out. Fuck it. Die. Roquan Smith says he's willing to die. Are you? Bring your yell until you can't bring an oxygen tank with you. Just huff out of that and keep rolling. Zen up, Bud Light up, Miller Light up. Have fun, tailgate, get there early, smile, drink it in, and then fucking bellow into the heavens in Baltimore, Maryland at three o'clock. The Baltimore Ravens, the Kansas City Chiefs, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes. Get your fucking popcorn ready. This is what we've been waiting for for a long time. And I have never seen this. It makes me feel emotional. I'm fired up for this one. Q enter Sandman. Get you all fired up.
get you all fired up. Yell for yell for Metallica for those not nerdy at all, very badass guys that are super cool. Yell, scream, go to the game. If you can't, that's all right. If you don't want to blow your rent check, hey, that's fine too. But go down to Baltimore, go into the city, watch it among people, yell, cuss, drink, scream, cry, laugh. Do it all, man. This is what it's all about. This game, first ever one in Baltimore. Indeed. All right. Is that all we got? That's all we got. Hopefully, this isn't our last one. We appreciate all of you. And like, subscribe. It's been a great ride these five years. Jake, you and I have been doing this. And hopefully, hopefully, they get it done. And we're doing this again pretty soon. Yep, absolutely. Thank you guys once again for listening. Thanks to all our presenting sponsors, Jimmy's Famous Seafood. I think I forgot to shout them out at the top of the show. It might be a little late, but maybe uh, see if you can check and get some tickets to the tailgoat they announced today, Thursday, that is. So Friday, as you're listening to this, um, that they are going to be having one DJ Diesel. That is Shaq DJing the tailgoat. They're going to have Ray Lewis and Ed Reed in attendance before they uh, head over to the game to be the legends of the game. Maybe some other people are going to pop through. It's going to be a fun one, so check that out. Shout-out to Fed Thrill Sunglasses, as always. Shout-out to Black Eyed Susan Spices, as always. Our guys, promo code XM52 on both those sites for a knockback. Uh, and then also, shout-out to the OG3. They're recording a little OG3 episode that you can check out, a little flagship show that is going to be live on the YouTube at the same time as this. So if you haven't gotten enough of your Ravens content, go and check that out as well. We'll have that posted right along. Brian should, have, Brian should have some fun stories about his hijinks at Jimmy's the last couple of weeks and uh, a lot that has gone on. So go check that out for sure. Yeah, exactly. He's been there with Kyle Van Noy. There's actually another really cool one in the works if they advance. And I hope to God they do, because I will definitely be in the house for that one uh, health permitting. So, yep. Thanks as always for everything. You can find us on social media at exit 52 podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I am at Jake Luke. He is at Ravens Four Dummies. That is the number four in the middle. Ryan is at Barstool Banks. Taylor is at Taylor Smith Ten. Eric is at EDITCI Twenty Two. And we will talk to you guys hopefully uh, in jubilant fashion on Sunday night. But we'll be there either way. We will. I've got tears in my eyes, man. I'm ready. It's hit mm. me. Do the damn thing. See ya. Arrivederci.